What's up, pretty people? It's your girl, Rakaya, and this is Pretty Perfect. Not where being pretty does not mean you are perfect. What's up, people? I know it's been a minute since you guys last seen me, but no worries. This episode right here is about to be straight, super hot fire, so continue to tune in, all right? We're going to jump right into it. No time to waste here, okay? Because I know y'all been waiting, so we're going to get right into the pretty petty. And if you don't know what that is, I started a new segment where I'm going to give you guys a scenario, a question, comment, whatever the case may be. And you're going to let me know in the comments if you're going to keep it cute, which means you're going to keep it pretty, or you might be a little petty boots and keep it petty. All right. So today's scenario is if you were out, ladies, and you seen your friend man out with a whole nother female, what would you do? And, you know, I love my fella. So, guys, I'm going to give you all the scenario, too. So if you was out and you seen your homeboy's girl out with a whole nother man what are y'all doing? Are y'all keeping it pretty, keeping it cute, or are you keeping it petty? Let me know. Put your answers in the comments below. Me, personally, <coughs> if I seen my friend's man out with another woman, I'm definitely going to do a little razzle-dazzle of both, okay? I'm going to keep it pretty, and I'm also going to keep it petty. I'm pretty sure, me being the person I am, I'm definitely going to make it known that I seen you, but I'm going to keep it pretty. I'm going to keep it cute. So I'll probably walk up to you like this. Hold up. <clears throat> Let me get ready. Acting. Hold up. Let's go. I'm going to walk up. Let's say, for instance, his name is Darrell. I don't even know no guy named Darrell, but we're going to say his name is Darrell, right? All right? So I'm going to walk up to him like... Oh, what's up, Terrell? I didn't even know you was here. It's fancy meeting you here. I'm sorry, honey. Who is this? She is gorgeous. I'm sorry. What's your name? Oh, it is nice to meet you. I am Ricky. Well, I just wanted to stop by and say hello to my main man right here. You know what I'm saying? Fly guy, Terrell. Yeah, I'm going to be out. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to leave. I'm about to dip off. But you guys have a wonderful evening. All right? Stay blessed. That's exactly what I'm going to do. So I'm going to keep it pretty and petty at the same exact time. <laughs> Let me know what you'll do in the comments, people. All right. So today I wanted to start something new. Also, um, something that I'm pretty sure I'm going to carry throughout the season of my show. And I'm, I'm going to do this before I start the topics, which is called a temp check. T-E-M-P, temp check, right? So I want you to talk to me about your emotional, mental, and physical health, where it is on a scale of one to 10. So for me today, um, my temp check, my emotional health, my emotional well-being today um, on a scale of one to 10, hmm, that's tricky. Um, I would say it's about like, um, it's about a seven and a half. Um... And it's about a seven and a half because I went to a funeral today. Um, one of my dear friends lost her father. Um, so it was, it was, it, that was an emotional roller coaster for me. And I already know that that was a, a, a heartbreaking thing to experience on her part, you know, to, to go to the funeral of your father who probably meant the world to her. Actually, and no, probably, I know for a fact he meant the world to her. So um, just to see my friend in pain, that right there was um, an emotional roller coaster for me. But also, too, if you did not know, um, I also, too, lost my father. So that right there kind of activated a little bit of trauma for me. Um, I kind of sat there in the funeral and, and realized that I was also feeling the same feelings 
back when I had to go to my own father's funeral. So for me, um, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. But just to have to go to that today kind of made me feel a little emotional roller coaster, a little up and down. All right. So I'm at a 7.5 right now when it comes to the emotional part. Mentally, though, I am great. I feel amazing. So I'm going to put that at a 10. Um, and physically, um, I could be a little bit in shape, but that's not the point. Okay. Physically, I feel amazing. I feel good. Um, I have a lot of energy. I feel alive today, regardless of me going to the funeral. So I'm going to put my physical well-being at a 10. All right. So don't forget temp check. Okay. Talk to me about your emotional, mental, and physical health. You let me know also, too, how you feeling in the comments on a scale of 1 to 10 of those things. Also, to interact with me. I would love if you guys interact with me, okay? Um, so, hopping right into today's topic. And I'm also going to feed off of a little bit of what I just said about the funeral. But today's topic is healing. And um, specifically, I wanted to talk about healing when it comes to daddy issues. So, that right there, um, going to the funeral. I, I, I knew that I, this topic of this new episode was going to be healing. I just didn't know that it was going to spark off uh, me talking about daddy issues. So, um, but that's no problem. Like everybody has that. Not everybody, but a lot of people have daddy issues. So you could probably relate to this a hundred percent if you do. Okay. Um, but like I said, yeah, I went to, um, a funeral from a really close friend of mine and her father, I met her father before and he was the most sweetest man ever. He is a comedian. All he did was tell jokes. He was lovely. And he made sure his daughter was well taken care of, okay? If that was an example of how to be a father, how to be a man, how to be a, just a, a great father figure, a manly figure in somebody's life, he definitely was that. And um, like I said, me going to her funeral, her, her father's funeral, uh, made me realize um, a, a little bit of what I had to go through in my healing journey. So like I said, if you didn't know, I did lose my father back in, I believe it was 2015. Um, I was 19 when I did lose him. I was in college when I found out. Um, fast forward though, before I found out that he died. And um, I'm only telling you this so you could see my healing journey and what I had to go through. Um, at a, 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 a time... In my life, me and my dad had a really, really, really great relationship. Um, you know, we did a lot of things together. We talked on the phone a lot. And as time went on, as I grew up, um, things changed. Um, I don't think purposefully. I just think, you know, when you're growing older, you're me being growing into a woman. I was now, you know, into different things. I was into guys and going out and, you know, experiencing so many other things in life. And I was now, um, going to college. And I think me going to college sparked like, um, just me finding out who I was, me experiencing a whole nother level of life that I never knew existed. And, me and my father's relationship at the start of college was on like, uh, I wouldn't say rocky, but it wasn't as great as it used to be. Let me say that. We still talked to each other. We still loved each other. But it was more so like, <laughs> if I'm keeping it real with y'all, I had an attitude problem when I was younger. So like I said the last one, if it was not my way or the highway, like 
you got to go. <laughs> so I, I kind of like put that energy towards my dad also too. Um, if he wasn't giving me what I wanted, it was just like, oh, I don't got to talk to you. It's fine. Like I'm going to do my own little thing. You know what I'm saying? So um, I say that to say one time we had got into like a really bad argument when I was in college. It was over something stupid, something petty, something that, you know, I, doesn't really need to be said, but it was just something so stupid. And I felt the need to not speak to him for a whole year, a whole 365 days. I went without talking to my father. And um, a week before, it was like my sophomore year when he had passed away in college. Um, a week before I was supposed to come back to school, like, uh, I'm not back to school, back to home from, you know, finals and stuff like that. He ended up reaching out to me and we ended up having like a really deep conversation about, you know, how I felt, how he felt and everything like that. So that sparked the start of my healing, um, my healing process, you know, me getting to have a better relationship with my father, the one that I desired that I just didn't have. And the one that I wanted to have throughout that year, but I was too stubborn to even activate. So that started my healing journey for us to heal together, for us to have a perfect relationship. And, um, we talked about how, when I was going to come back home, I hope I don't get emotional this, this episode. I really hope I do not cry. Okay. I really hope I don't cry. But, um, it, it, we talked about how I was going to come back home and we were going to go out to eat and just talk about everything, talk about life, catch him up. And he was going to catch me up and everything like that. And I was just so happy. Like I was the happiest girl ever. Like, <laughs> so I was excited to come home and all of that. And I kid you not, like, um, maybe like three days after that, it couldn't even been three days. Like it was very, very abrupt. And I don't think I've really, um, explained this story to people, but, um, my, my show was a very safe space. Reasons why I got the candles, I got the tea, like the energy is just different. It's very safe over here. So I feel safe telling you guys this story, but, um, I, it was one night in college and I will forever remember this night so vividly um because it it was just a traumatic experience but uh we had my friends wanted to go out right in college if if you know me now you know I just don't like going out I'm just not a partier that's just not me like I just no you might catch me at a little event here and there well that's one on it's a blue moon if you do catch me there like I like chill little vibes so I used to, <laughs> though, in my past life, I used to go out every weekend. Um, and I used to party every weekend. That was just me. I used to go to the club, get drunk, all of that. <clears throat> all of that, okay? And um, one night, I just wasn't feeling it. And you know what's so crazy? Um, energies. Like, everything in this world is energy. So it's like I felt something was wrong before I even knew something was wrong. That's how just crazy the world and everything in it works. Um, I didn't want to go out that day. And I could not figure out why, but I just I just wasn't feeling it. I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want to get drunk. I didn't want to touch no liquor. I didn't want no parts of it. However, though... I was the friend with the car <laughs> and I, my friends asked me, did I want to go out? Cause you know, they wanted me to drive to the place. I had no problem with that. So I forced myself to go out that night. We went to a house party. I'm sorry if I'm, t I'm talking too much in this episode, but I got to tell you these stories. Okay. Um, 
But I went to this party. We had a really good time at the party, an amazing time at the party. And we ended up leaving. And it's about like 2.30 in the morning when we're leaving. And um, I'll never forget, one of my friends at the time, It was I think it was four of us, right? It's four females, me and three other girls that I was friends with at the time. Um, we were all leaving. But the one person that I was like probably the most closest to at the time, our parents, our mothers were really close. Like I could call her mother and talk to her mom without her being on the phone. She could call my mother and talk to my mom without her being on the phone. If we had problems, like a, a disagreement, like our moms would be on the phone like, um, no, because the girls need to talk it out. That's just the type of relationship that we had. And her and her family and her mother knew my dad very well. So we were, and I, and it's just, like I say, energy is just really crazy when you notice stuff. But we were leaving the party, and she was like, oh, my mom's calling me. I'm like, girl, why your mom calling, calling you right now? Like, it's 2.30 in the morning, right? She ends up taking the phone call, but she's walking with us as she's, as she's taking the phone call. And she ends up stopping. She's talking to her mom. I could tell she got, like, a real serious face on. But I'm not thinking nothing of what's going on. I'm like, oh, she's just talking to her mom, you know, whatever. So we get in there and get in the car. She's not saying nothing. She's like very, very quiet, very chill. Lo and behold, I did not know that her mom called her to warn her about what my mother was about to call me and tell me about, okay? So she's preparing her. Oh my gosh, I'm about to get emotional. But she's preparing her to tell me to, you know, you got to be there for your friend. Her mom's about to call her and give her this crazy news, but you have to be stronger for her, right? So um, we're driving. I'm, you know, we driving back home. I think, I don't think that we were going to stop for food. I think we were just going to go straight, straight home. I'm driving and I have one of my best friends right next to me in the car, in the passenger side. And all of a sudden I get a call from my mother. Now my heart is beating crazy because my mom don't be up at 2.30 in the morning. So why is she calling me at 2.30 in the morning? My mom is a person who goes to bed early, 8.30, 9 o'clock. She's in bed, knocked out, okay? So now I'm like, something's wrong. Like, something's actively wrong. Not only is my mother calling me early at 2.30 in the morning, but her mom just called her too. Like, what's going on? This is my thought process. I'm not saying anything to anybody. I'm acting very normal. I'm just driving the car. But the way my brain works is it peeps a lot of things. And I'm an observer. So without me saying anything, I'm looking and, and taking in everything that's going on. So I see my mom is calling. However, I'm driving, so I don't really want to be on the phone while I'm driving. And, you know, we just went to a party. Um, don't drink a drive. But we just went to a party, and I want to make sure everybody that's in the car with me is making it home safe. So I pass the phone to my friend. I give it to her. And um, she's just talking about, she, she answered the phone. She's like, Hello? My mom says whatever, and her jaw drops. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to reenact this for you. It's not funny. Oh, my gosh, Lord. Dark humor. But um, I'm driving. I'm like, what's wrong? She's not saying nothing. Her face is like this. She's just looking at me. So I'm like, girl, what's wrong? Now I'm getting worried because, like I said, it's 2.30 in the morning. My mom calling, and now you're not telling me what the freak my mom is saying. <laughs> She's just standing there. I'm like, girl, what the freak is wrong? I didn't say freak. You can use your imagination. <laughs> what the freak is wrong? So he turns to me and she said, your dad just got shot. And 
I swear to y'all, when I heard that, like, <laughs> I automatically thought the worst. And my world, my mind, like everything was just going ballistic at the time. To the point where I knew that I could not actively get us home. Like I couldn't keep driving. Like I just, something in me was like stirring up. I immediately, there was um, a McDonald's on to the right of us. So I immediately pull into the parking lot. I open my door. Y'all get out and I like do one of these moves where, I'm sorry if my voice is getting shaky. I'm getting emotional. But um, I immediately put my hands over my head so I could breathe. I need to get air. <laughs> I feel like somebody just punched me to death in my stomach to where I can't breathe. Um, I'm no longer worried about the phone conversation because now I'm like, it's a million thoughts in my head about what happened to him. Is he okay? Is he all right? Is he got a lid? Is he dead? Like somebody tell me something. Like, you know, he just got shot. So I keep walking, I keep walking. I'm just, I'm trying to grasp my air. I'm trying to grasp my air. And this is one thing that I would say that I do not like about social media is that sometimes you'll find out things about other people that you care dearly about before you even get the information yourself, before somebody is able to tell you, right? So I'm, I end up um, walking and I end up uh, talking to my mom and she's just telling me about like him getting shot, he's in the hospital or he's getting rushed to the hospital, all this other stuff. Um, but I think that she was trying to tell me that because she didn't want to tell me. I don't know. I never really had this conversation about that, that moment with my mother. But um, I think that she was trying to tell me that because she wanted me to still have hope. She didn't want me to be like initially like depressed right off rip. Like, oh, he's dead right off rip. That's, that's a hard thing to grasp and take in five hours away from home, not by my mom, my sister, my family just around my college friends and my best friend who ended up coming down from Rochester down to um, WVU with me. Um, so I think that she wanted me to still, you know what I'm saying? Still have hope, still be like, okay, he's going to the hospital. Okay, bet. Um, all right, cool, cool, cool. However, though, when I ended up getting on social media, I see all these RIP posts, <laughs> all these RIP posts about my dad. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on? Like, <laughs> I was just on the phone with my mom. She talked about he shot. Not dead, shot. But now y'all saying, RIP, like, I don't understand what's going on. Now I'm an emotional wreck. I am on the side of the curb, crying, like, trying to figure out what the freak is going on. Like, it's just so much going on. Like, but nobody's really telling me, nobody close to me. I'm finding this out from social media. So um, we end up hopping in the car, and I'll never forget this. Um, I think uh, my first ever boyfriend, we weren't even talking at the time. We weren't even on speaking terms, like not even close to it. Um, he ended up being one of the first people who called me after my mom. And he was telling me like, hey, you know what I'm saying? I heard the news that your dad, you know what I'm saying, died. And that made it too real because it's like, oh, he, he knows. Like, okay, like this really happened. Like. Oh shit, like, <laughs> whoa, like, you know what I'm saying? It, it registered, but didn't register all at the same time. Like, um, I was going through too many emotions and it didn't feel real. Like, you know what I'm saying? It did not feel real. Um, so that right there, the dealing with the death of my father and actively, you know what I'm saying? Hearing all of this, 
that right there was just the most traumatic thing that I probably had to experience in my life. And um, that is the most difficult thing that I had to heal from. And I'm going to tell you what healing actually is by the definition, right? So by definition, it means the process of making or becoming sound or healthy again. And in this context, sound means in good condition. So after hearing that, that life changing, drastic thing, like I was never the same and I don't think I will ever be the same. Right. Um, but after that, it, I just feel like I just, life was just <laughs> depressing for me, honestly, truly. And, um, my dad meant so much to me, like <laughs> so much to me. I don't, and I, I didn't get the chance to like, really, I'm so, I don't feel like crying, but I didn't really get the chance to tell him these things. Right. Um, so, um, that really hurt me. And the fact that I just spoke to him like two to three days prior to that, um, and we were talking about how I'm coming home and we're going to talk and have dinner and have, you know, I was saying conversations and we were talking about dates that we were planning and all this other stuff. And for that to have been taken away from me within a couple days, like that was crazy. Right. And then for me to realize that I spent 365 days being actively mad at this man and not speaking to him on purpose about something so petty just for him to be taken away in the blink of an eye, that was like real eye-opening for me, right? So eye-opening for me to realize that I allow my emotions to get into the way of a relationship with the person that I love. So I say that to say, love on the people that you love. Talk to them daily, <laughs> actively. Never go to sleep mad at them because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. You just really don't know. And it took me years, years, and I mean years. This happened in 2015, and, and if I'm being completely honest with you, I feel as though I didn't really start my healing journey until about like mm, two to three years ago. Two to three years ago. Um, I was actively depressed for years and I don't think people around me even noticed. I am great. So I might think, I don't know. Y'all can tell me <laughs> if you, my real friends, y'all can tell me. Um, I think I'm great at hiding, um, uh, my emotions or hiding the deep, dark things that I'm feeling. And I will actively put on a smile on my face, put a poker face on to make you think that everything is all peaches and cream when I, my whole inside is like crumbling down to pieces. So for years, like I was like crumbling, I was depressed. Um, I remember like I, the first like couple months, I didn't even want to get out of bed. <laughs> I didn't even want to get out of bed. Nobody even knows this because I never even had a conversation with like my friends or my family about this. Um, I didn't want to get out of bed. It took a lot for me to even want to even take a shower. And don't take that the wrong way. People who, who have gone through depression um, or gone through cycles of depression, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, you don't even want to, it's not like you don't want to live, but you don't want to live. Okay. You don't even want to do the small things that make you want to live. You don't want to get up and take a shower. You don't want to fix your hair. You don't want to brush your teeth. You don't want to put on clothes. You don't even want to eat. Like you actively just, just 
are just over everything. And that's where I was at for like years, um, years. I just, I just was so depressed. And, um, I feel as though death and death of a parent is something that everyone in this lifetime is going to have to go through. So I'm so excited. Not, I don't know if excited is the right word. Oh my goodness. But I'm so thankful I'm so thankful to be able to share my experience with you guys and then to prepare you for the the roller coaster of emotions that you are going to feel when that time actually comes because it's going to be crazy. Um uh grief is not something that you could have a guide on, a book on. I know there's many books about grief, but honestly truly uh, no one can tell you about how you're going to grieve because grief looks different on everybody. And for me, grief is a long lifetime process. So the death of my father was there. Of course, there's other things in life that I had to heal from, but the death of my father is something that I honestly, truly, um, had to heal from the most, um, which hurt me the most, cut me the most. It just was, it was deep. And, um, I feel as though, you know, a a couple questions I had during my uh, healing process um, was what emotions was I trying to avoid and um, why was I afraid to feel that? So um, for me, the, the feelings during my whole healing journey of what emotions I was trying to avoid, I was um, trying to avoid pain, honestly. Um, it, I didn't want to face the fact that he was actively gone. Um, and I didn't want to face the fact that this was now my re- new reality. Um, it took me a very long time to start going to his actual grave because I felt like that made it all too real. So I, I purposely was avoiding that because that's pain. Going to someone's gravesite and the person that you love, seeing them underground and there's, they're covered and it's only a tombstone, a headstone, like that's pain right there. I actively didn't want to do that. <laughs> right? It's still to this day, it takes a lot out of me to go to his gravesite, but now it's more better. I can actively do it. But I, I swear to you, I did not for like a whole year, I did not go to his gravesite because I, I was trying to avoid the feelings of pain that, I, that were really close to my heart. Um, I was actively trying to um, avoid grief. I just didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to accept it. That's not, it's just not something I wanted to go through. Um, I was very much so in denial about the whole process. And, um, and that's going to happen. You know, when, when things that you go through hurt you to the core, it's a human reaction for you to run away. It's, it, it legitly is. Um, we don't want to face the things that sometimes are too tough for us to face. And uh, the death of anyone you love, not just a parent, sometimes it's too much for you to face. It, sometimes you feel like avoiding it. Like, And I was actively doing that. And um, I feel as though me avoiding those feelings and me avoiding talking about it, me avoiding voicing to other people, my friends, family, um, people that I was actively dating, what the death of my father actually did to me, that started to create toxic traits in myself. 
Um, because now I'm not voicing anything. I'm not telling you how I'm feeling. I'm not expressing to y'all that I'm actually depressed. Like I actually feel like crap. I actually don't want to live anymore. And I'm going to get to that because that, that, that right there is very deep and that's a whole nother episode in itself. But yes, um, there were moments in my life where I just, (laughs) I didn't want to live. I did not want to live. I contemplated multiple times. And I'm sorry, friends and family, if you're watching this, you're like, oh my gosh, I did not know. You weren't supposed to know. It wasn't meant for you to know. But um, there were multiple times in my life where I contemplated taking my own life. Um, just the strength off of losing a parent. <laughs> just the strength off of that because the, the pain that I was feeling was so much. It was overbearing. And I wasn't talking about it with anybody. Not, a, not my mom. <laughs> We didn't have no conversations about that. Not my grandparents, not my best friends at the time, not my boyfriends at the time. I just wasn't talking about any of this. And it was starting to eat me alive, literally eat me alive. And um, because it was eating me alive, I was starting to create toxic habits like an attitude problem. (laughs) Um, Being very angry at the world, at everything. Um... Losing people you love will make you angry. It will make you mean. I seen a post this week on Facebook talking about that, how um, losing someone you love will make you mean. And and that's not a lie. It sure will. At first, at first, I'm not mean anymore. (laughs) I'm not angry anymore. And that was my healing journey. My healing process took me to that point. But initially, I was very angry at the world. And I projected my anger onto people. Um, I also, too, would make myself, um, soak in solitude. Um, that's what I mean by I wasn't actively telling anybody anything. I would isolate myself. I literally spent like six to eight months probably in a room, in my room, in a dark room all day, every day. I would literally go to work, come home, not want to do anything. I'm not going out. I'm not going to have fun. I'm not chilling with friends. I am chilling in my solitude. And um, it, it, that right there was just, it was a lot. And, um, I would project out my feelings to, to, to everyone because I'm mad at the world. I want you to feel my anger because I'm mad at the world. I want you to be mad too. be mad with me. Why aren't you mad with me? Are you not mad? Do you not feel what I feel? Are you not angry too? That was my mindset. And, um, that wasn't a good mindset to have, no, but that took time for me to realize. I would um, be so angry at the fact that there was nothing that I could do to bring him back. And I want, if I'm miserable, I'm going to make you miserable with me. And I didn't do it purposefully. Like, it wasn't like I'm like, F it, my day is going bad. I'm going to purposely make your day bad. No, it was a projectile thing. It was more so I'm actively angry in this moment. And I don't know how to properly express to you my anger. I don't know how to properly tell you that I'm, a, I'm an emotional wreck right now. The only thing that I do know is that I'm angry and I know how to show my anger to you by giving you attitude, for being nasty, for having a smart mouth with you, for making it seem like it needs to be my way and I don't care if it's not your way. Like That was the toxic traits that I was creating by not healing by not properly healing, by not properly being in tune with my emotions and properly being be able to express those emotions to the people that I loved. And that, that honestly just took time. 
it takes time. Like I said, grief is, is, is a, it's a lifelong process. And these are not things that I was going to understand the next day after his death or the next month or the next year. These are things that I had to actively experience and go through. And I had to have people tell me about myself. I had to have arguments with people I loved, like really, really, really terrible arguments with people that I loved, fallouts with people that I loved. I had to, friendships ended, family relationships ended based off of just that experience that I was experiencing without healing. And, um, I will say what, what actually sparked my healing journey was God. And you're going to hear me talk about him a lot throughout, um, this podcast because he is actively now a big piece of my life. B I G capital B I G. Okay. God is actively a big part of my life right now. And, um, but he was the thing and he was the person, he was the being, he was the connection that started my healing journey. Um, I was, like I said, I'm going to reiterate that I, I never talked to anybody about my feelings. I, that conversation that I just told you, or that experience that I told you about me finding out and how I found out, I only actively told one other person that <laughs> one other person in my life, word for word, what has happened. I've never even spoke about that moment. Um, so it was a lot of emotions that was flowing through me. And I had a lot of questions. I had a lot of questions about grief. I had a lot of questions like, why me? Why did I have to lose my dad? Why did he have to go? Why do we have to experience this, these things in life? Why do good people have to experience pain? These are so many questions that I had that only God could answer for me. It was not like I can ask somebody else. They're going to give me their experience or what they think is the answer. But the truth, truth be told, the only person I could really ask these questions to was God. So one day, like, I just was so just overwhelmed with my emotions and I was just so depressed and my anxiety was going so high that I just boohoo cried. And if you know me, I don't really like crying. That's why now when I'm talking and you hear like cracks in my voice, it's because I'm like almost about to tear up, but I don't like it. So I'm like trying to calm myself down. But at that moment, I was, I couldn't help it. Like, the tears were overflowing because I had held them in for so long and I did not express it for so long that I actively couldn't hold them in anymore. Like, um, everything had capped. My feelings had capped and it was like, I actively needed to let it out. And I'll never forget this day. I literally got down on my knees and prayed to God and asked him all the questions that I just told y'all about. I asked him, why me? Why do I have to go through this? Why was it my dad? God, don't you know that I needed my earthly father? Why would you take him away from me? <laughs> do you not know that I was working towards a great relationship with him? Why would you do this to me? Why did I deserve to go through this? Um, and he answered it very vividly. He um, told me that he never promised me that I would not go through this. He never promised me that I would not experience the death of a parent. He never promised me that I would not experience pain. He never promised me that I would not experience trials or tribulations or grief or anger <laughs> or depression. He never promised me these things. However, he did promise me, though, that he would walk with me through those. And in that moment when I realized that, like, everything changed for me because I actively felt like no one was there for me. 
my friends, they, they were physically there for me. You know, we went out, they were there. You, you buy me, you might be checking up on me, texting me here and there saying, Oh, you good. But, um, the, 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 what am I trying to say? What I needed from them, they weren't giving it to me. And I never knew how to express to them that I needed more from them, but I knew how to express to God what I needed. And he was so quick to give it to me. He gave me that ear that I never had to where I could express to him all the emotions that I was feeling that was running through me. I expressed to him the pain that I was feeling that I couldn't express to not no one. Again, I'm going to reiterate, not even my mom. So she's probably going to watch this and be like, oh, my God, I didn't even know you were feeling that. She probably is. I'm sorry, mom. I'm very sorry. <laughs> but, um, yes, I, 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 he had an ear for me. Um, to where I could express everything. I could lay it all out on the line to him. And all he did was listen to me, actively listen to me. Um, he gave me advice. And and people, I know um, before I had a relationship with God, I used to ask people like, how you know that's God? Like, how is he telling you certain things? But when you start to have a relationship with God, you'll hear his voice when he speaks to you. Honestly, truthfully, I promise you, you'll hear it. Your ears will be open when he actually speaks to you. It was times where I would cry out to him and tell him how I'm feeling and, and express to him how I, I would be feeling. And I would see these words or I would see a sentence multiple times a day to where it would remind me, I got you. I'm here for you. I'm listening to you. And I knew it had to only be God. God. So that was the start of my healing journey right there is actively praying to God and actively voicing to him how I was feeling. So that way he could take the burden off of me because that's what that was. The death of my father was a burden to me. And that wasn't my burden to carry. It was carry. It was God's burden. So I, I actively let it go. I let him have it. I, I voiced it, everything to him. And I actively told him, God, I need you to help me through this. I can't do this by myself. <laughs> If you make me do this by myself, Lord, I don't even know if I'm even going to be here tomorrow. Please help me up. I need you to be there for me. And he was. He sure was. And even so, talking to him, he also instilled in me kindness, love, joy, happiness. These are things that for years I, I wasn't feeling because I was so, so active in my grief. But the more that I talked to him, but the more I prayed and the more I read my Bible and the more I had conversations with him, the more he brought the light to me in my darkness. <laughs> okay. The more he made me see that it, this was not all of me. This wasn't going to be the end of me. This wasn't going to be the last of me, that this was only going to be the beginning of the strongest woman he will ever create in me. Okay. And um, actively talking to God and having a relationship with God then allowed me to now transform into how I would now treat the people that I love. It was no more anger anymore. And, and they could tell you this. My mother could probably tell you this because me and her had conversations to where she told me I had a nasty attitude. I was so mean. I seemed so angry. But now I'm no longer like that. I'm more so now the peacemaker in the family, the communicator in the family. Now when a problem arises, I'm one to be like, hey, let's sit down and talk it out. Like, no, nah, we don't need to be angry. Mm -mm. 
Mm. It's a human thing to be angry, but let's work through that anger. Tell me how you're feeling. It took me time to get to that, though, like literally. And that's what I mean by healing. Healing is such a beautiful thing. But in order for you to heal and become beautiful, you got to go through the ugly. And the first part of my healing journey was ugly. Like it just was ugly. So um, in order for you to heal, you got to put a name to the thing that you're actually healing from. Okay, so. Um, and I love to have conversations with you guys because not only am I talking about myself and my healing journey, but we're talking about you and your healing journey too. Um, if you haven't healed, I actively want to help you heal. Okay. So the first thing you got to do is put a name to that thing that you are got, you got to heal from. And me, I had to heal from the death of my father. So whatever it is that you're going through, put a name to what you need to heal from. Okay. Put a name on that. And then after you put a name through that, um, you got to ask yourself a couple questions like, what are the emotions you're trying to avoid? <laughs> That's what I, um, I did too. That's what I mean by I was actually trying to avoid pain. I didn't want to, I didn't want to feel it. I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want nothing. I didn't want to see his pictures. I didn't want to see nothing. Like I was actively trying to avoid pain, actively trying to avoid grief. Um, so what are the emotions that you're actively trying to hide from? Whether that is you're actively trying to hide from um, love. Some people are trying to hide from love. And I realized that too uh, later on in my healing journey. Um, because I lost someone that I felt was my protector, my provider. I felt kind of like naked in this world. Like I had to like survive on my own. Like I didn't have a protector. I didn't have... You know, anybody to be there for me anymore. And that was just crazy. And I, when I actively started talking to other people, I didn't realize that me losing my dad and me losing my protector now made me put up walls to people that were actively trying to love me properly. So that could be something that you're avoiding love. And I actively was avoiding love for a very long time. Like I really was. But now I love love. I welcome love. Okay. And, but that's something that took with time too, also too. So ask yourself, what are those emotions that you're trying to avo um, avoid? And then ask yourself too, what are the toxic traits that you now created from you avoiding those things or from you actively not healing. What are those toxic traits? Put a name to those toxic traits. And that also too is going to take time. You are not going to know your toxic traits tomorrow. I promise you. Okay. That's probably going to take some time. It might take months, weeks, years, who knows? Talk to the people you love, have conversation with them and they'll actively tell you the things that you need to work on your toxic traits, but um, put a name to those things. And then after you do that, ask yourself, what is healing going to look like for you? What, put a face to that, put a name to that. What is healing looking like for you? For me, it looked like God, my relationship with God. It actively looked like um, my hobbies, um, painting and going to the beach. Like I actively would go to the beach and just sit there for hours and just enjoy it. Like that was a part of my healing process to sit there and like <sighs> meditate on my emotions and like, actively allow myself to feel that because I just wasn't doing that. That right there was 
part of my healing, painting to allow my creativity to flow. That right there was a part of my healing. Poetry, like, and I'm going to get to that. I ain't going to put you on it too much. But um, I started to do poems, write poems. And that was healing in itself. Oh, my gosh. Poetry right there. You could express all that you are feeling and make it into something so beautiful, into such beautiful words. So for you, ask yourself, what will healing like? What would that look like for you? What what do you actively have to do for you to heal? And if you don't know what that is, yo, you are, I promise y'all, any of my viewers, if you want to talk to me about healing or if you have questions about healing or if you want to heal yourself and you don't have nobody to talk to because you feel like you can't confide in anybody and I've, I know exactly how you feel, you can confide in me. You can talk to me. I will 100% be there for you because I know how it feels to not have somebody and you yearn to have somebody to be there during that process. So yeah, if you need somebody to talk to, you're more than welcome to talk to me. We can heal together. That is what I'm here for. That is what this whole podcast is here for. We're going on a whole healing journey, y'all, okay? Um, so yeah, actively find out what that looks like for you and, and remind yourself that it's going to take time. This is a process and processes take time. Okay. And in order, for, like I said before, in order for you to get to the beauty part of healing, you got to go through that ugly part and the ugly part can get real ugly. Okay. It can get real ugly. It could be real, a lot of crying, a lot of snotty noses, a lot of lonely, dark nights, a lot of ugly thoughts that you will have in your head, but realize that it's beauty that comes out of that. Okay. Realize that. Um, I say that to say, and I'm going to bring it right back around. Okay. Um, I did not know that I was going to talk about the death of my dad today. Uh, the funeral that I went to this morning actively brought that out of me. Um, cause I have so many other things that I had to heal from, but when I went to that funeral today, yo, I realized that I'm not all the way healed, of course. Um, but I realized how much healing I had done from that and how much I did you know what I'm saying? I grew from that experience and how traumatic it once was, but now I can speak to you guys without a tear coming out of my face. So it's just like, it's beauty, it's beauty in everything, okay? Even even if we don't see it at the moment, it's always beauty in everything. So um, yeah, that, that actively showed me that I'm not done healing. I still have some work to do because of course I'm not perfect. <laughs> um, but yes, it, it, it sparked off this, this daddy issues episode and, um, me talking to you guys about my healing journey. And of course I feel like, um, I'm probably going to have to do a part two to this because there's definitely other things that we need to heal from me and you. But, um, that was a huge thing that, that's, that put me in a really dark place, but then I also found the light and now I am an amazing person today. So I thank God for allowing me to experience that. And I know some people are like, oh my gosh, you're thanking God that your dad died. No, I'm thanking that, thanking him that he did not leave me nor forsake me while I was going through that, that he allowed me to come to him to my, in my darkest moments and allowed me to fully unmask myself, unveil myself in front of him and him help me and hold my hand through my healing journey. And I want that all for you guys. So, yes. Um, so moving on, though, because I feel like I got to move on because I'm, I'm starting to get really emotional. I, I do not want to cry because 
I just realized how much I've came from and how much I went through and how much it's made me into a beautiful person. And nobody would even know that <laughs> I've experienced certain things because I carry myself a different way. So before I even start crying, let's move on. <laughs> so... You guys, you already know I do pretty people shout outs. And today I would like to shout out another podcast. It is the Sour Hour Podcast. Okay, check them out on YouTube. That is S-O-U-R Podcast, P-O-T cast on youtube okay check them out they're actively another podcast and i love you know what i'm saying um people in my community who are doing positive things who are just actively showing their creativity i love it so shout out to them and i hope that they could come on my podcast and we can you know have some dialogue um and also too, hit me up if you would like to be shouted out on my show because I actively want to shout out people in my community, but not only in my community, but all over. I want to show y'all love to the positive things that you guys are doing. So hit me up and show me um, what you got going on. But yes, shout out to the Sour Hour podcast. Go follow them on every social media. And the last thing that I would like to talk about today, you already know I got the section Pretty Proud where I shout out somebody that I'm super duper duper proud of. And today I would love to shout out my baby brother, Jaden Scott. Shout out to him. Um, he actively got a full ride to UNC, the University of North Carolina for wrestling. Um, and I am super proud of him because I watched that kid from eight years old. I'm pretty sure he started at eight, wrestled from eight years old until now. And when I tell you, when people say hard work pays off, hard work pays off. That kid has been wrestling every day since he was eight going to double practices triple practices I remember even when I was in high school sometimes um walking in the house and I'll see him or not even walking in the house I'm sorry waking up because I'm hearing stuff in the, in the house it's four in the morning he's on the, the treadmill four in the morning a kid getting his workout in four in the morning. He was not playing no games he worked for that okay so shout out to him I love to see my melanated men, my black men doing great and wonderful things in this world. So shout out to you, baby brother. I love you. And I am so, so proud of you and the man that you are becoming. Keep it up and do not, do not let anybody tear you down. You better come out here strong in this wrestling season. Boy, I'm watching you, all right? <laughs> so yes, shout out to him on this Pretty Pop segment. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope I was not all over the place. I hope I did not crack my voice too much because I was so emotional but then again I don't care because I'm humble open and transparent as one of my favorite pastors um Michael Todd would say I'm very hope humble and open and transparent with you guys so I don't even care that I was emotional or my face was probably getting red or you could probably hear the shakiness in my voice um I'm actively healing so I'm not healed yet. I'm not all the way healed yet, but I'm actively healing. And it's it's a beautiful journey. And I want you to ride that journey with me. So check out the next episode. You know what I'm saying? We'll, we'll touch on some other topics, some touchy topics too. This season, will, like I said, everything will be dear to my heart. So we are we are actively going to be better people throughout this, this season. I'm going to help you grow and you're going to help me grow. We're going to grow together. <laughs> all right. So until next time, pretty people, love you guys. Bye.